0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. The show that is so bad it's guaranteed to be regifted faster than Grandma's fruitcake. Now I invite you to sit back, relax. The smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly broadcast coming to you from the smoke filled recording studio built here at my office via pipesmagazine.com. I'm your host, Brian Levine, and yes, I am a legend in my own mind. This is going to be a great show. Got a surprise group of guests that joined me. Here in the studio, it's uh, Flem and his buddies from the MuseNex commercial. They decided that they were going to jump inside my head and come along for the ride this morning, so you'll have to bear with me as I uh, deal with that. In pipe parts today, I'm going to talk about packing a bowl, tamping, lighting, just some of the basics that I do. My guest will be Grant Batson, relatively new pipe maker on the scene from uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And I got a mailbag and a rant at the end of the show. I want to say thank you to smokingpipes.com. Hey, have you gotten all your holiday shopping done yet? Or uh, do you really believe that since tomorrow's December 21st... Do you think the Mayans are right? I don't. I haven't done any of my Christmas shopping yet either because I haven't had time and I like to put it off anyway. So let's get this show rolling. I got a lot to do this weekend. So sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Here we go.
1: This is Internet Radio.
0: Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition
2: for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study and, well, me? I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at smokingpipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about smokingpipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345.
0: I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you.
2: You kids today. Blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition.
0: Welcome back. In just a few minutes, Grant Batson will be on the phone, so let me load a pipe for you. I'm going to do this right here on the air. I got my tin of tobacco in front of me. Got my uh, red de Jeep lighter and one of my favorite tampers. Got one of my favorite Brigham pipes, so here we go. I'm going to use the thirds method, so what I'm doing right now is I'm packing the first third. I'm going to loosely load the bowl all the way to the top of the rim, and then just use the pressure of my finger to push that tobacco down about halfway down the bowl. Then I'm going to come back and grab more tobacco, fill it in to the top of the the rim of the bowl again and push it down to about a third of the way down so two packs the first one went down halfway in the bowl the second one's gone down to about two-thirds high in the bowl and now the last pack i'm going to take that tobacco fill it up to the top of the rim again and cover the top of the bowl really well with that and then just use the pressure of my fingers to get the tobacco down inside the bowl Now, I always pack it so that it's, you know, maybe a quarter of an inch below the rim because I know the minute I light the tobacco up, it's going to puff up. So, are you ready? Here we go. I'm going to smoke on the air, and I hope Ramona's not listening because she'd get really offended. So, here it goes. Got my lighter, and we're firing up a bowl. All right trying to get the charring light. All I'm doing is I've got the lighter laying over the top of the bowl and I'm using the draw to pull the tobacco, to pull the flame down into the tobacco. I'm not shoving the flame down at all. I'm not holding it down. I'm just holding it right across the top of the, the top of the bowl. So here we go again. Now anything that starts to pop up, that's when I'm gonna use my tamper or the side of the flat part of the lighter to push it down. So I've got my charring light done, got a good got a good little ash up on top, and now the bowl is ready to go. So I'll give it one more light and it should be done for the rest of the segment. And there it is Now the tampers that I use Learn this from a guy who worked for Lane Limited For years and years and years Sold a lot of Dunhill and Stanwell pipes And Sheraton pipes over his years The tampers that I use All have a little concave curve to them So they're kind of uh, kind of hollowed out or concave So they get a, they give a little curve to them And I tamp around the edges of the pipe, or the edges of the bowl, so I get that round dome of ash going inside the bowl. That round dome, to me, helps keep the heat of what I'm smoking in the center of the bowl, and it also helps keep a big cake from building up. Now I do get what I call a speed bump up towards the top of the bowl because I'm doing a fairly intense puffing up there and getting that part lit up. So I do get a build up there because I very rarely tamp up in that top quarter inch of the bowl. So now that I've got it lit and I keep that little curve going, I use those tampers that have that little indentation. All round tampers work best for me. Uh... Size doesn't matter too much, but I do want a, I don't want a tamper that's too big, because I'm going to tamp all the way around the edges. Uh, I'm going to light up again. And it's going well, so keep that, keep the tamper handy. I tamp a lot. The other thing that I do is I use a pipe cleaner a lot. I'll use that pipe cleaner. I'll use one pipe cleaner during the bowl to just keep running it up and down the stem just to keep any moisture out of there. I'll also run it all the way into the bottom of the bowl in case I start to get a little little bit of a plug going there. But again the secret to me is my packing technique works for me. I haven't tried too many other styles but I learned this. I learned the thirds and it works well for me. The tamper trick really helps keep the heat in the center of the bowl and helps keep the burning tobacco towards the middle of the bowl so that to me is a big secret a big benefit for my pipe smoking style and again I keep a pipe cleaner handy with me all the time sometimes you'll see me at a pipe show I might have one stuck in my ear that's where I know at least I know where it is so I can find it easily uh, but yeah, I'll use that pipe cleaner during the entire bowl and I'll use both ends of it up and down just to keep the moisture from building up. Now I will smoke the pipe all the way down that way. I found out that if I halfway through the bowl dump out the ash I found that the pipe gets a little bitter or something changes so I try to keep that ash in there all the way. Now I'm also not one of those guys that is lucky enough to be able to smoke a pipe in one light and smoke it dry all the way down to the bottom. I mean, Maybe one out of three of my pipes, I get it all the way down to the bottom. But if I start to get a bitterness or start to get get a buildup of moisture down in there or the tobacco starts to not taste the way I like it, I just stop the pipe, set it down, load another one, come back to that one, clean it out, and go. Now I'm going to hit it again with the lighter because it's gone out while I've been talking. So that's basically my tamping and lighting technique and I use the, I keep a tamper handy with me. In my pocket I carry the tampers that uh, the tamper part seals into a little plastic cap so it just kind of screws on and off and those styles tend to keep the ashes from uh, flying around. In fact at home you can Pretty much tell where i am at any time because i've got these tampers sitting all over the place and there's one in each car there's a couple here at, at my desk and i kind of leave them as a trail so that way if uh, somebody's looking for me they can find me or if i've gotten lost i know exactly where to go to get back home but again keep the uh try the two third the thirds technique try getting a tamper that's concave and round and keeping the tobacco off the edges of the bowl try to keep that round top to the burning tobacco inside your bowl. I think you'll find that that's a big difference in keeping the heat from building up and going out into the pipe and it helps keep it burning a little bit longer. So there you have it my uh, packing and uh, lighting and tamping technique and I do want to say that I packed that bowl a little differently than normal so that it would be a little more airy so that we could uh, pick it up on the microphone so not normally that uh, breathy and that gaspy when you're uh, when I'm puffing on my own pipes, but try to do it so that it sounded good on the radio. Hope it didn't sound like a uh, pipe porn for you but uh, anyway I got to smoke on the radio for you. Coming up in just a minute, pipe maker Grant Batson. <laughs> Do you need a reliable source for
1: ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favourite blends outside of the US? 4 stocks all of your favourite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from 4Noggins.com. is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the US and international with no worries. 4 for all of your pipes and tobacco needs.
0: Please welcome to the Pipes Magazine Radio Show pipe maker and luthier Grant Batson. Grant, welcome.
3: Thanks, man. Glad to glad to be on the phone with you.
0: So, tell us, where'd you grow up?
3: I grew up just northeast of Austin, Texas, in a little town called Taylor, which is kind of the uh, well. I think everyone in the South thinks that they're from the barbecue capital of the South, but I really am the barbecue capital. Of the
0: South. You know, um, you're, you're talking in North Carolina. Yeah. Barbecue is not a verb, it's a noun. <laughs>
3: exactly. So, uh, but yeah, you know, um e. Ray Vaughn was a big hero of mine, and he used to eat in our little town quite often at this little hole in the wall. But, you know, the hill country in uh, Austin is, is gorgeous, and just north of there, it gets real boring, and that's where I lived. It's just flat. And uh, you could see for a hundred miles in any direction, and that's where I grew up—quail hunting in my backyard and, and corn off my neighbor's uh, corn stalks in the field next door—and just a uh, good old country boy.
0: When did you start playing a guitar?
3: I was 13, and my cousin was a—he uh, was in college—and he brought a bunch of his uh, band buddies from college to our house for the holidays one one year. And uh, they had a jam session in my living room, and I just I was amazed and just had to have a guitar, and that kind of started the ball rolling. And I used to just get cassette tapes and rewind them over and over again and in my bedroom and kind of taught myself to play and play it ever since.
0: And your first professional career was?
3: My first professional career, I was 10 years old, and, uh, I had a shaved ice business. We, uh, my parents and, uh, our best friend's parents helped us to lease a little Fox photo mat in the middle of a, uh, a shop, a Piggly Wiggly shopping center. And we turned that little photo booth into a silicone stand and, uh,
0: me, my brother,
3: and two of our closest friends ran that business for about eight years. Uh, when I went to college, we ended up selling the business to my cousin.
0: So, that was,
3: so I guess professionally, I was a snow cone guy uh, first. And then when I got out of college, I flushed my education and degree down the toilet and uh, became a cabinet maker, a furniture maker.
0: How long after till you started making guitars?
3: Well, I actually made my very first guitar when I was 15 years old in shop class in high school. Um, you know, I just I didn't have use for a bird feeder. So I asked my shop teacher if I could make something that I might use. He's like, sure. So I took a maple butcher block top, countertop, and I crafted a really hideous and terrible guitar. Uh, Electric guitar, and I still have it. it it's uh, I got drywall screws and screwed it to the wall in my shop. So it's kind of a reminder of, you know, my dad said that everyone's good for something, even if it's just a bad example, and uh, so it's nice to have bad examples of of who you are and where you came from, just to keep <laughs> keep you grounded, you know.
0: I have several bad examples of things I've done. My- mhm. Most of them turn into ashtrays.
3: Yeah, or, or like a terrible lamp.
0: So give us a background on your professional guitar making.
3: I When I went to college, uh, I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, and there I met my wife, and she's from here, so I kind of just never went home. I stayed here, and we started having children, and when I got out of college, I went to this... Uh, Cabinet company. Actually, I went to a cabinet company and that I really wanted to work for. They're very well known. The guy that owned the place told me that I needed to go somewhere else and prove to him for a year that I really wanted to do that for a living. So, so I went around. I had a couple of different gigs at a couple of different smaller shops, and then ended up coming back to him. In that first year uh, of working for for them. My brother moved to Nashville, and I just sold a sixty seven mustang to buy a an engagement ring and a really expensive acoustic guitar and so my my brother was just overwhelmed with envy and didn't have hardly you know twenty dollars in his pocket, so he decided that he was going to make a guitar and uh, so he really just dove into.
0: I mean, he, he's
3: quite amazing, he's he's one of the most talented people I know, and, and he dove in with both feet just to really, you know, understand everything that he could possibly understand about an acoustic guitar, and I, honestly, I was pretty skeptical, skeptical, kind of laughed at him a little bit, but um, I started helping him with design stuff, and um, would stay with him after work uh, quite often, helping him make it, and the end result was i guess about 10 months or so of daily labor and he finally he finally made that first acoustic and very much uh like my electric and the fact that it was not something that you would want to show off to everyone except for your mother and uh but it, it was a guitar you know and 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 you could play it and there was definitely uh, i guess the the fever had kind of gotten a hold of us and so anyway that so that was kind of the first experience with making acoustic uh, guitars and uh so from there we just kind of kept going and and you know really it was pretty much his brainchild he he started he was passionate about it he really went after it and for for the most part through the first years i was very much just encouraging him helping him design uh different parts and pieces of it and trying to just kind of network and, and get the word out because I, I have a marketing background, and so that was really my my first role with the guitar company. And then fast forward uh, years later, um, we started really getting equipment and got some investors behind us and kind of turned it into a, a full fledged business. and uh, And he's still rocking it today. I mean, he, he's still building guitars and and doing. Doing well
0: on the front page of your website, there's a picture of you holding a guitar that's the same guitar that I saw you with in Las Vegas, correct? yeah, and that's the same yeah. guitar that you'll hear Grant playing in just a minute. Can you briefly describe the reason for the fact that the frets are uh rainbowed out or yeah um, the,
3: the, we called it tilted frets they were uh it's commonly known as fan frets or uh, multi scale, but uh, it has a a couple of practical functions. The most practical of which was is that alternate tunings are becoming kind of a a, a big thing in um, in music these days and so what what that means is that instead of the standard e four forty tuning uh, you'll drop it down and you'll actually. Tune the guitar to different chord structures, like an open C or an open D or, or something of that uh, that nature. And so, when you're dropping strings down to different lower notes, uh, the slack in the string will create a buzzing effect uh, as that string vibrates. It's you know actually hitting the the frets, and it's very unpleasant and can can be problematic when you're playing. So, elongating the lower, the lower strings, um, uh, it actually reduces. The, the, it, it creates a, a more of a tension on that, that string, and it reduces buzz. And I play a lot of alternate tunings, and so it was real practical for me to apply that uh, to that guitar. I, I built that guitar for myself. It was an experiment. Uh, Corey had come up with a couple of different bracing uh, patterns that were working well, but they weren't quite. Everything we were hoping to get, and I had a, a brainstorm of a bracing system that I thought maybe was a hybrid between the two that would work, and um, and it, it it did okay, but it just wasn't quite there. So uh, that that that's kind of how we acquired our own personal guitars. It was uh, through experimentation that uh, that went badly, <laughs> and suddenly uh, now we get to keep the guitar, you know.
0: If you're in front of your computer, go to G. Batson pipes.com it's g-b-a-t-s-o-n pipes.com take a look at the picture when we were in las vegas grant came up to my hotel room and sat down with that guitar in his hand and i recorded a little bit of him playing it we're gonna go off to a commercial but on the way to the commercial you're gonna hear what i recorded in the room in las vegas so we'll be back in just a minute And quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com.
3: I have scoured the endless expanse of the universe looking for the perfect pipe, and after years of searching, I have found it right here on earth, the best pipes in the universe, only at couplejoes.com. <laughs>
0: Are back, Grant's still on the phone. Grant, what was the name of that piece that you were playing?
3: Uh, it's called Dream Catcher by a guy named Andy McKee. Uh, he's uh, probably one of the most watched guitar players on YouTube, but uh, you know, I I tried, but, uh, he's pretty awesome.
0: So now let's switch to pipes. Uh, you've been smoking a pipe for a while now. Yeah. What was your first pipe?
3: Think my very first pipe was actually a pipe made out of carved entirely out of ebony that i got in uh on a trip on a missionary trip to uganda and uh now that i look back at it today it's kind of funny it's extremely rudimentary and the bowl was chambered out with like a, a spade bit that uh, was not ground down like so many you know pipe makers use for a spoon bit it was just pretty rustic but uh
0: sounds like one of those tribal pipes that we talked about uh, a couple weeks ago that were made out of whatever local wood was around.
3: Yeah, definitely. It, it was just an interesting piece. It had some sap wood on the bottom. It just looked interesting to me, and I had a couple of friends that I knew back in Nashville that smoked pipes, and so you know I thought it'd be cool to to get a pipe and maybe smoke a pipe, and um, so that was my very first pipe, and then uh, then I started getting on eBay and buying lots of, of pipes. Now, this, you know, this was back when eBay was just brand new, and so you really could find pretty awesome deals. And, and uh, so I had tons of pipes because I would buy, you know, lots of 12 or 20 pipes for super cheap. Mm-hmm. One of my favorites of those early pipes was a uh, Barland was a Mearsham, little bent, bent billiard uh, nose warmer, and I still smoke it. Uh, you know, every week, and still love that pipe. uh,
0: When did you first make your own pipe?
3: Well, my very first pipe was back in April of this year.
0: And who have you studied with?
3: Well, Todd Johnson brought me under his wing in a real big way. When I was transitioning, well, actually, before I was transitioning out of the guitar company, he had seen one of our guitars on display at Uptown's Smoke Shop in Nashville, and uh, he really appreciated the craftsmanship and all, and so he had called us about making a guitar-shaped uh, pipe display case for a set of pipes that he was making, and so I had agreed to make this for him, and so we kind of started, you know, a relationship based on that, and then uh, shortly thereafter, um, I left the guitar business, and um, he welcomed me into his shop and said, man, why don't, why don't you try your hand at making pipes? And, you know, I smoked a pipe, and I you know, smoke cigars, and I'm very much, you know, into the smoking culture, and so I thought that would be pretty cool. And, you know, quite honestly, between me and you and whoever listens to this show, uh, I thought it was going to be super boring to make a pipe. Because I make crap, you know, all the time. I just make stuff. And I uh, really didn't think it would be very interesting. And, oh, my God, I freaking fell in love. It was it was one of the most fun things I'd ever done. And I just kind of became obsessed with it. And so until just recently, I had been working in Todd's shop every day. And I've uh, been moving forward. Um, well, sometime in in that span of time, Actually, in late September, uh, I went to visit Mimo, uh, and then uh, Teddy Knudsen had invited me to come and, and work with him in his shop in Italy. And so I got to spend a handful of days with him, and that was, that was enlightening. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, his his style is, is quite different from Todd. Uh, his uh, techniques and, and the tooling that he uses... Are all you know, very different, and so it was really a fantastic thing for me to be able to, you know, see other other ways. But uh, so far, those are the only two
0: guys. Um, the first time I really took a look at your pipes was the Las Vegas show, and I I have to say that it's very rare that a relatively new pipe maker. The pipes jump out at me because you definitely have your own aesthetic you've you've started off almost immediately with your own styling, and I think that may be in part due to the the woodworking career and then guitars and then just enjoying the actual natural part of the wood
3: yeah, yeah well I appreciate that i you know it's uh it's something I don't take for granted i you know this week um <laughs> I blew through one of my very best blocks of briar that I've ever picked up. Uh, just you know, totally turned it into sawdust because it, you know, so it's it's not it's definitely not easy to to make great pipes and make them look great. Also, and, and uh, you know, it, it seems like so many of the guys that are out there that have been doing it a long time, like you know, like Todd and Teddy and. Cornelius and, you know, so many other guys, uh, sometimes it's intimidating to try to be creative. Uh, You know, I think one of the pipe makers told me at one of the shows, someone had told him that your pipes are both unique and good. Unfortunately, the good ones are not unique, and the unique ones are not good. (laughs) (laughs) And so that's ever in my mind, you know. I, I definitely I definitely want to be unique, but prefer to be good. So it, it's tough. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just really enjoying myself. And I, and I hope that that's what comes
0: out in my work. And, and based uh, off of the fact that you have no pipes available on your website, I'm assuming that they're selling okay.
3: Well, man, I've been really blessed. It's been, yeah, it's been really good. Uh, I've sold... Everything that I've had uh, currently, I think I have about three pipes right now that I have just haven't gotten up to the website yet uh, that I've just finished. But you know, my my commission list has been growing, and uh, you know I've got pipes that a few dealers have been asking me to to ship to them. And um, so yeah, so far, uh, so far I've been selling well, and I'm not I'm not counting any chickens, but uh, but right now I'm doing all right.
0: And with you having four kids, I would imagine uh, Christmas is a pretty big deal. Yeah,
3: it's uh well, you know, they talk about it all all year. You know, I think in, in in March, you know, they're they're telling me what they want for Christmas. So, it's always a big deal and we have a lot of fun. We we live in Nashville, but we live in a heavily wooded area and there's a lot of land back here and so we get a lot of our uh holiday decorations from stuff around in the woods and we make a lot of I don't know, we make a lot of fun around the holidays you know, just making stuff And
0: To see more of Grant's stuff, make sure and check out his website com. Grant, we've taken up a bunch of your time, especially as the holidays are getting closer, but before you go the fast five final questions Five questions right. First thing that comes to your mind short answer Are you ready? I hope so. What's your favorite pipe?
3: Just a a little brandy nose warmer.
0: What's your favorite tobacco?
3: Squadron leader.
0: Your favorite place to smoke?
3: Oh, anywhere that people will let me.
0: And your favorite drink? Tequila. And lastly, your favorite thing to do while smoking?
3: Drinking, of course.
0: And with that we'll have grant play us a little bit on the way out thank you very much happy holidays to your entire family
3: thanks brian really appreciate it man
0: you too we'll be back in just a minute This is Rad Davis, and you're listening to the Pipes Magazine radio show. We'll be back to the show in just a moment, but now, random Random thoughts thoughts or or what the f*** is he thinking? Just in time for Christmas, Replay, an Italian jeans manufacturer, has released Twitter-enabled denims. That's right, the jeans can tweet your location, and they've got eight buttons that will express your mood for you. I wonder where the happy button is on the jeans. See, I told you. And now, back to our show.
1: Check your mailbox, you moron!
0: Several things I want to respond to. On the forums, there was a thread about a $16,000 Nord pipe on eBay. Uh, the only thing that makes that pipe worth $16,000 is if actu- if somebody actually pays for it. Just because somebody lists a pipe for $16,000 doesn't mean it's worth it, but hey, it is a Nord pipe. Uh, Jim Carino, that crazy conductor, that is Ozzy Osbourne in Crazy Train, and there's a couple of sound effects at the beginning of it and a few edits and tweaks in there. I'm glad you enjoy it. I like It kind of gets my energy up for every show. Stuart in uh, Duran, Saudi Arabia, and James in Stuttgart, Germany. Hey, thanks for posting and letting us know where you're listening from. Glad to know the uh, show's going out all over the world. Please keep posting uh, city and state, city and uh, providence, country, wherever you're listening from. Love to hear it. Want to show how big the uh, pipe community is out there. I want to take a moment and make sure that everybody got a chance to hear the NPR interview of our own Kevin Godby, Greg Pease, and uh, Jeff Graysick was on there. It was on the Colin McEnroe show last week. There's a link to the uh, podcast of it on the on com right now. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to it, go check it out. I do want to say, I want to respond to some of the folks that, uh, when the announcement went out that this interview is going to happen there was an email chain that was bounced around for a while that uh, said that the liberals on NPR were going to attack us this was a uh, this was a sabotage and they were going to and don't do the interview and they were going to get you and they're all anti-smokers and it was all doom and gloom well to those people that thought that this was going to be a sneak attack first of all it was Well produced, well planned out, and a great show to listen to, hosted by a talented host, unlike this one. And these are the same people that I have for years been railing against that you cannot hide and you cannot keep your head in the sand like an ostrich. When an ostrich has his head in the sand, the only thing that's sticking up is his backside, and that's what's going to get run into We as pipe smokers need to band together with all other tobacco users, people that enjoy tobacco, and stand up for our rights. We need to be heard. We need to be out there in the public talking about our hobby, talking about what we enjoy, and talking about how we don't want any more restrictions on it. We don't want any more... Legislation against it. We don't want any more Ramonas. If you've heard the show, we don't want any more Ramonas with their bizarre thoughts of how tobacco is evil. We want to be able to enjoy our own product whenever we want to. And we need to be out in the public. In the civil rights movement, they weren't hiding from the cameras, they weren't hiding from reporters. When women wanted the vote back in the 20s, they weren't hiding. They were out protesting. We need to be, as pipe smokers and a very small fraction of the total tobacco users in the world, we need to band together with anybody who is willing to fight for the rights of smokers and join with them to fight this. Otherwise, we're just going to be that ostrich in the sand and we're going to get it right up the rear end. Alright, tobacco trivia. Last week, I asked about the rope. Rope tobacco uh, really began in Ireland. And the ropes were sold by the Inch at the tobacco shop. The miners would, with their knife, cut off a piece and use it as a chew during the day when they were down in the mines where they couldn't smoke. And then at night, after work, they would... Use their knife again, cut off a piece of the rope, rub it out, and smoke it in their pipe. So it all started in the mines. Today's trivia question What current day city is considered the birthplace of the modern day briar pipe? What city is considered the birthplace of the modern day briar pipe? Hey, last week I asked about some Christmas traditions pipe smoking wise. I have one. I have a very special meerschaum pipe that was given to me by a friend and I only smoke it a couple times a year. Christmas Day is one of my favorite days to take it out. I hold it with two hands most of the time. It's not a clencher at all. It's a big piece and gorgeous carvings on it. I'll smoke that on Christmas Day. The other thing that I'll do and I think it's a lot of fun everybody ought to do it. NORAD, the uh, North American Radar Defense folks in Colorado do the santa tracker and it usually starts around uh, two o'clock in the afternoon or so on uh, christmas eve go on their website they have a lot of fun it's called santa or norad santa tracker or santa tracker dot o-r-g lots of fun lots of videos good thing to do with your family my daughter and i look forward to it every year and we keep track of where santa is each and every year so check that out Hey, we'll be back in just a minute. Fact, Cup of Joe's has the largest selection of pipes and tobaccos on the web. Fact, for over 17 years, Cup of Joe's has maintained the highest standard in customer service. Fact, your thumb is the same length as your nose. Told you, cupofjoes.com. There's nothing quite like a good book. Or my genuine Missouri Mearsham corncob pipe. An American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. See for yourself at corncobpipe.com.
1: This is Internet Radio. Cowboy. Cowboy.
0: Well, I'm packing up my game and I'm Boy, I wish last-minute Christmas shopping would go by this fast. This show is just moving right along, and we're coming up into rant time, so here it is. I'm going to bring out the greatest hits, the annual rant of Happy Holidays versus Merry Christmas versus Seasons Greetings. Personally, my family, mixed religious faiths, I celebrate all kinds of holidays. I don't care what it is or how you wish it to me, as long as you honestly mean it. That's all that matters to me. It doesn't offend me when somebody blesses me, whatever their religion is. As long as they mean it honestly, I appreciate it and I hope that it I hope that it works. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Holiday Seasons, greetings, Happy New Year, Merry Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever the greeting may be, whatever the seasonal wish may be, whatever you may feel during the year. If you want to wish Buddha a blessing, then do it. As long as you honestly mean it, I will accept it. I'll appreciate it. And we should all just accept and appreciate everybody else's well wishes and not worry about saying the right thing. As long as you're saying what you mean, that's what I want to see. That's what I want to hear. I'm going to bring down the uh, kid rock music because I found a piece that I think is uh, very uh, apropos for the time of the season and based off of recent events, I think that we will all enjoy this and uh, be able to wish everybody around the entire globe of the pipe world a uh, Merry Christmas. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this. So from myself, Kevin Godby, producer AJ, to the entire pipe-smoking family out there, wherever you are, I wish you the best this holiday season. May we all be able to take a minute, sit back with a bowl, relax, and enjoy the spirit of the time of the year. I want to especially thank you, the listeners, for being part of our family this year, and Starting up this show to all our sponsors and my friends at SmokingPipes.com. An extra special thank you. And if the Mayans are wrong, until next time. Happy to you. Until
1: we meet again. Happy You'll be Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. And...